Welcome to Balancing More Than Just Weights. I'm your host, Sarah Louise Rector. I'm a fitness expert living in sunny California, and I hope this podcast gives you some fitness motivation. I'll be taking you through what goes on in my life to build a brand, how I stay active, how I really live the best balanced life, as well as introducing you to some amazing guests who also have some great careers going on, how they fit fitness into their lives, and just lots of general chit chat. So get yourself ready because here's today's episode. Hello listeners, it is guest episode time and I'm so thrilled to have you here today and I'm sharing with you a beauty expert and college professor and she's a mum as well so I feel like we've got a lot of balance in more than many things going on in today's episode so I can't wait to share you with her. I am introducing Rachel Anise. How are you doing Rachel? I'm doing so well, thank you for having me. Yeah, no thanks so much. I know you've just got back from a lovely family vacation so how, <laughs> yeah. how are you doing after that trip? Are you back to normality? Uh, getting there. Yes, it was such a great week away. We're so grateful. Very mellow. Hawaii is always an incredible escape. But um, I will say this time around coming home, the jet lag was actually more pronounced than I expected. I don't know, only two hours difference, but, and we travel to the East Coast all the time and I never feel jet lag, but this was, took us a couple of days to get back into the swing of things. Even my daughter who's five, who gets up so, so early is requesting to sleep longer. So that tells you something. Ooh, that, that could be kind of a good thing though for you, right? right? <laughs> I know she's sleeping a lot. So. Oh, well, day, so. well, obviously, as we've already mentioned, you are a mom. So congrats mm-hmm. on that. That's amazing. And I know you've been sharing your daughter a lot on social media yeah. and she's so adorable. In fact, one of your um, most latest like pinned uh, reels, she's yes. got this such quirky little vibe. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could watch her all day, every day. She, she Does she love makeup as much as you do? Well, she can't help but love it a little bit because she has been around it since the second she was born. I mean, as a beauty writer, I mean, this house is filled with it. I try to keep it compartmentalized, but it's impossible. We get deliveries every day. I've been doing beauty writing for 12 years. So she is around it in the trenches with me. Yeah. She's into it. She can, she knows her way around all the products. It's hilarious. And obviously she's five, so she doesn't get to wear any of it and won't get to for a long time, but she definitely is familiar with it. Oh, I love that. So (laughs) yes, since 2012 is when you launched Beauty Professor, which I love because you're a beauty expert, but you're also a college professor. So I like how you like combined the two there. That's very, very cool. Um, (laughs) How how did you get into um, the beauty expertise side of things? Thank you for asking. It's been a long and winding road. So I started out of passion. I started Beauty Professor as a side project, a creative project. I had been a college professor for a couple of years at that point. And actually backing that up a little bit, I paid my way through college and graduate school by modeling and acting. So I did a lot of modeling and a lot of commercials. And by the grace of God, I made enough money to pay for school, got through it debt-free. I was working all the time and going to school a ton and managed to finish all that up, paying for it myself. And then While I was on set all the time, I was so fascinated by the makeup artists and what products they were using. And this was really at a time where, of course, we had the internet and social media, but not everything wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today, where everything's talked about and you can get products everywhere. It was a lot harder to source things. And so I was always asking makeup artists, like, where did you get this or what is this? And the more esoteric the product, the more I was into it. So I never had any disposable income to buy those products because everything I earned was going for to pay for school and books. But when I finally got out of 
the modeling industry for the most part, because I was done with school and I was teaching, I started to be able to kind of buy products that I always had my eye on. So I was collecting these luxury products that I was using. And I had written a public speaking textbook with another professor early on in my career, finished that intense writing schedule and had all this excess writing energy. And I decided one day, like, I'm going to just start writing about beauty products. Literally started, as we know it today, a blog, which I mean, is kind of an outdated word now, but I still maintain my site, beauty professor. And that's really where I grew an audience. I just started writing about hard to find luxury beauty products that I had found myself and realized there was this whole audience out there that was into stuff the way that I was. And I really attribute the fact that I was writing about these really kind of rare products to the traction my site received early on because not that many people were talking about the things I was. And so I found an audience without even realizing it probably within a year or two, like very good traffic and SEO on my site because I stayed consistent. And I mean, Sarah, I was, I was shooting content on my iPhone. Like there was nothing fancy about what I was doing. I was a serious writer. I gave lots of detail. I took pictures. I swatched things. And that's really how Beauty Professor was born. Oh, gosh, I love that story. And um, with Beauty Professor as well, have you got a certain style of beauty products, like makeup products that you mm-hmm. go for? For example, like, are you just into like vegan products or um, is there anything specific that you always look for? In short, no, I'm very much open to trying everything. I mean, there are certain things I don't like. I, and most, I would say most of my community is probably not a fan of these things either. Things that are heavily fragranced. No one really likes that or things that are going to obviously be so heavy that they cause breakouts. But I do think we've come so far in the beauty industry that a lot of products and so many different verticals are pretty safe for most skin types, which is amazing. We've made great strides there. So no, I tried all. I love how far green and clean beauty has come. We've made amazing progress in that department where it's not just clean, but it actually performs well. And so I've got relationships with amazing brands on that front, but I also work in the luxury space where with more traditional heritage brands, you know, that are, have been around for a long, long time. And so I try it all. And usually if there's something new, I've tried it. And I don't mean that with any level of arrogance. It's just, that's my business to know what's out there. And so I will say going into a Sephora or even to a department store, you know, a Nordstrom or a Neiman's, it's not, I still enjoy it, but it's not the same as when I first started writing, because at this point I I saw that stuff three months ago. And so the wonder is lacking, but I, but I'm also able to use that Intel from trying stuff early to share with my audience early on, which is important that I'm a resource. So I try to maintain that. I love that. And obviously with your audience, I feel like, well, I can imagine that a lot of people have started with you since day one, because being a beauty writer, it was such a, it's, it was a novelty. It's not like something that back in the day, like 2012 was a big industry. So I feel like you've probably got a lot of like fans and community that really follow your journey all day, every day with, especially with your content now, because I can imagine you've seen such a big change. Like I feel like I've seen a change in the last two years of the way we, you know, film content and, you know, all of the things in between that. So how, how do you look after maybe your community or your regular fans? I love that. You know, a lot of, you're right. A lot of my readers and followers have been with me since the beginning. So we're looking at 12 years of consistent relationship building It's always been important to me that I'm responsive to my followers, my community. I think of them like friends. I mean, and and I write to that 
with that intention, I guess you should say, when I'm writing, I I feel like it's almost like a conversation, a, a formal, but a conversation with my followers to be like, hey, this is this is what I'm trying. This is what I think about it. This is how it's worked for me. This these are the attributes. I always want my audience to be able to feel like they can make an educated, confident decision about the money that they spend on products because there's so much out there. It is overwhelming. And I really only write about probably five to 7% of what I receive as a beauty writer. I mean, a very little bit actually makes it into content because I actively try everything. I never write about anything unless I've personally tested it for the right amount of time. And I think that's really where I've built my credibility. So the credibility that comes from people trusting the fact that I've tested it and I'm really giving them honest opinions, that's important. But that is offset or counterbalanced by a lot of responses. So I spent a lot of time responding to comments and DMs as much as humanly possible. And I think that that maintenance has, on a personal level, it's important to me because they've been with me since the beginning. And on a business level, it's also important to feel like if you're trusting someone that they are more than just a one-sided microphone, right? Like we need to have exchange and dialogue. And I'm always wanting to help people how I can. So yes, it's time consuming, but so worth it in the end. And I think that's really what's helped Beauty Professor to grow into what it is today. Yeah, I feel like I can relate to you on all of that, to be quite honest, because I've picked up from what you're saying today, consistency Mm -hmm. with what you've been doing, keeping, you know, since 2012, keeping everything very much going and following, you know, how we are adapting to everything. But then also the the way you respond to people, because I do see a lot, if I'm honest, because as a, a professional myself, I feel like I do have to go on social media and check out what else is going on there within a similar profession to me. Yeah. And a lot of the time I see, you know, people commenting and all of this, but not the actual person's not engaging back. And I'm like, no. how how can you, you know, be throwing things out there all the time, like recommendations, ex- your expertise, but then not responding back to your people that are the reason mm-hmm. you are there. So the I think, reason. yeah. Great. Very true. The only reason, because I personally feel like I have a website and you have like your blogging and all of that, and you've got your YouTube and, you know, we've got all these different platforms, but I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm just really working my Instagram and trying to do my TikTok. I feel like that's the way I get the connection and the engagement with people. I don't feel like my website is my main port of call for anyone anymore. I think everyone from what I gather is Instagram because I do like a little when anyone signs up (laughs) to my fitness subscription, I'm like, how did you find me? And there's like a a drop down question box. And most often 90% of the time it's through Instagram. So It's like, yeah, you've you've got to engage with your your clientele. You've got to keep them like, like you said, having it on more of a friendly conversational feeling because then that's how you get your your people to trust in you as well. Absolutely. Well, and also we're living in an age where audiences can be purchased, comments can be purchased, engagement is bought. All of that has been nothing but exponentially increasing with every year. Um, and especially now it's something that is just, it's like an open secret, right? I, I've i never partaken in that. And my maybe my audience has grown slower, but I will say from a business standpoint, my conversion rate is extraordinarily high. And I'm told that by you know the brands I work with. And yeah. that's really because my audience is real. So yeah, it's genuine. That's something. And they, they trust me. They respond to that product. They're perhaps buying it if that's something they want to try. They come back and tell me that they loved it the way that I did. 
And it's like a win-win across the board. But I mean, for me, I think about all the content I share because I know my audience is real and they're going to have a response to it. So whether it's a partnership, which needs to feel on brand or a recommendation, I'm thinking about that in terms of 80,000 real people who've been with me for a long time, rather than, than, oh, you know, this random audience that I may have purchased for optics that I really don't have to worry about their response to things because they're not real to begin with. Yeah. Then you're just putting stuff out there and whatever. Yeah. It's a totally different kind of approach to things when you know your audience is real and you've got relationships. I mean, these are people that have watched my daughter, Joey, grow up that sent her, sent me a present when she was born. Like, I mean, sweetest souls ever who are real and we have that dynamic. So it's important to me, like even from a partnership standpoint, that everything feels authentic and on brand. I mean, that's my personality, but from an audience standpoint, that's equally essential because you're thinking about their response to the things that you're sharing. Yeah, so true. And with that as well, when it comes to like you collaborating with brands and brands Mm -hmm. wanting to work with you, they actually nowadays can find out whether your platform is legitimate or not. So it's like, you know, what is the point, so to speak? But talking of brands, what are some brands that you've worked with or you may have currently got on the go? Like what's like collaborations looking like for you at the moment? Wow. I'm so grateful for the collab. I mean, every collaboration I've done for the most part stems from relationship. And I love the fact that starting when I did, it's so much, I've so many connections that have been interpersonal one-on-one with, with brand heads over the years that have been reciprocal and maintained for years on end. So, I mean, I work with retailers, you know, everyone from Neiman Marcus to Nordstrom to Target. I love to diversify, you know, and offer products at different verticals that I think are really good because just because something's expensive or luxury doesn't mean it's amazing. And just because something's inexpensive doesn't mean that it can't perform equally well. Right. So it's about looking for excellence in every category and sharing that out. But I've certainly worked with and partnered with amazing retailers. Also, from a brand standpoint, I mean, everything from the hardest to find Japanese cosmetics like Suku, which is based out of Japan and Europe, love them so much, work with them all the time, and so grateful to other brands like Grande Cosmetics, um, La Mer. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm trying, I'm uh, Tasha Harper, Clay de Poe. I mean, the dream so brand. Funny. <laughs> yeah, three brands that I've that I've loved as a consumer. And so anytime a brand comes back to me and they're like, you've written about us, we want to work with you, we like your style, like that's the best compliment because I've already been happy to give them earned media, free coverage because it's a product I love. And even when a brand comes to me to work together and I haven't tested the product yet, maybe it's newer on the market, I'll tell them I need to test something first before we even discuss a partnership because it has to be real for me. I need to have talked about you organically before I ever share you in a paid capacity, because once going back to that authentic audience dimension, that's essential. So yeah, that's I why mean, people can trust in you as well. And that's yeah, why you and I wouldn't trade that trust following. for any brand deal. Like that's more important to me than any brand deal, because of in course. the end, that's the essence of what I do here at Beauty Professor. Oh, I, I love that. I literally, the trusting aspect is why your audience is your audience. So congrats on that. That's so good. But Thank I could you. talk about beauty products all day, every day. I love my lotions and potions. I love my right. natural makeup look. I, mm-hmm. I probably will do, but we have to talk about you as a college professor. Thank so you. You are a communication studies college professor. So I feel like some people might not necessarily know if, you know, what that entails. So can you just Mm -hmm. give us a little bit of a, you know, if someone says, oh, what is a communication study professor? What would you come out with? 
<laughs> well, going back to when I was majoring in communication, people would ask me, you know, what is what what is that major? And I'd tell them of communication studies, and they'd say, Oh, you're majoring in talking. That's like the first thought people have majoring. And on one front, they're not 100% wrong, right? There is a lot of focus on the act of oral communication, but then so many theories. There's a lot of overlap with psychology and English. It's a really interesting kind of multidisciplinary focus or major. For me as a college professor, and I teach in Orange County, I, I started my career at Long Beach State right out of grad school, which is where I did all my studying. And then I was hired right out of grad school and taught in their department for years. And then I came over to a community college, Golden West College in Huntington Beach is where I teach now. And I'm tenured. I'm on the other side of that process now. But I I love the community college system because I really relate to the fact, this idea of like working your way through school. I tell my students all the time, like I'm on the other side of that now, but I get that, like the hustle, that hard work. And community college is such an excellent choice for students on that front. Back to the major itself, I teach classes like public speaking, which is forever a passion of mine, really dispelling some of the fear, natural fear attached to public speaking and getting students comfortable so they can find their voice and really use it in an actionable way. That's always my goal for my students. And I teach mediation and negotiation. That's a class that I obviously use in my own career as a beauty content creator. You know, I'm negotiating projects all the time. So I get to put to work the very things that I teach my students. I teach mass communication. So like media studies, mass media, radio, television, film. I teach organizational communication, which is business communication, but also as it pertains to like job interviews, social media management, public relations, it's kind of a multifaceted class on that front. Once again, really integral to what I do in beauty because I deal with public relations all the time, all day, every day. (laughs) Right. So, so it kind of inter- it intertwines a little bit weirdly, which I didn't think does. it did on paper when, you know, yeah. you see beauty expert and then communication studies, it looks right. like it could potentially be two completely different worlds, but the more really? you speak about it, they're very intertwined. So that's they're, actually really beneficial all around. <laughs> they're inextricably linked. Absolutely. And, and for a long time before I was tenured, full disclosure, I didn't really tell my colleagues what I was doing in beauty. I mean, they knew if they knew, right. If they were into beauty, they might follow me or they would know it wasn't a secret I was guarding, but it wasn't something I really talked about openly because I will say academia may have been a little less accepting about what I was doing in beauty than beauty was about what I did in academia. They were more intrigued. I think academia kind of thought, Oh, you're writing about lipstick. Good for you. Like they didn't understand I think, the depth. I know. Yeah. So at a certain point, once I was tenured, I had a really understanding dean during my tenure process. I told him, and he was actually very fascinated. He understood the value of what I was doing and also saw how I was getting my students, even at that time, really good internships because of my connections in beauty, because the communication discipline is intrinsic to social media management, public relations, all these things that I was working with brands and executives on. So I was making introductions left and right to help my students. And I think he understood it on a more holistic level and was really supportive. But prior to that, I would say I was living kind of a dual life. And now it's all out there and it's great. And my students walk in and they're like, oh, I follow you on Instagram or I subscribe. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I I bought that that product that you recommended the other day. It's amazing. Or they'll ask me sometimes at the end of class, like, oh, do you have a recommendation? And if I have it at home and I'm not using it, I'll bring it to them. Like we have a really open I'm in an open place now that feels so refreshing after kind of having to be very compartmentalized for so long. Yeah, I can imagine that's such a big difference for you. Obviously, all of that does sound very busy. So how, (laughs) as a mom, do you manage all of that? 
Oh my gosh. I have a really good support system. I mean, I ask myself this question, your question all the time, because it's really, you never have it down, right? Like there's not a moment where you go, well, now it's under control, never to be revisited. Every day is a challenge to get that balance right. And that's what I'm aiming for is balance. So my parents gratefully are, I'm super close with them and they live two blocks away. So I have a five-year-old, my husband's at work, I'm at work. We we are a kind of a commune, if you will. With our <laughs> such such a team. We're a team. Yeah. yeah. And we look out for each other. There are nights we make dinner for my parents who've got their hands full with a lot of things. They're making dinner for us. Like we're all just kind of taking care of each other where we can. And I think that that openness has really enhanced all of our lives. My daughter adores my parents. And so she's thrilled when she gets to be with them. She's with us a lot, obviously, because, you know, we're all living here under one roof, but that balance has been amazing. And there are times where I'll get a meeting and, you know, she can pop over to my parents for a little while. What I really have tried to do since she's gotten older and more cognizant of what I do is not be working as much as possible in front of her. And I would say that's the hardest, is the hardest task because what you understand this perfectly, what we do is 24 seven. It doesn't stop. If you didn't, it does not stop. Right? I, know. I could have my phone glued to my hand 24 yep. seven, but it's making that conscious effort to be like, actually that uh-huh. can wait. It can wait a few hours yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's getting that little mind switch, isn't it? Oh, it's so hard. So that's something when she was a baby, I was actually probably more productive by the hour because she was next to me, but she's a baby. So I'm typing away and wearing her and typing, but she's a fully functioning, hilarious, communicative human being. And so she knows when I'm working. Sometimes you can't avoid it entirely. We're both working on something together side, side by side, but as much as possible when we're together, I try to make it so that it's just us doing whatever it is we're doing. And if that means I'm going without sleep at night for a while, I know that won't be forever. Then that's what I do. So she goes to bed at eight and I might work on deadlines and content and product, uh, whatever I would need to do from eight to 1am and go to bed after that. Oh gosh, really? You're a late, late night girl. Well, I have to be (laughs) quiet, uninterrupted time. And when she's up, I really want to, I don't want to ever look back and go, I missed that time because I was staring at a screen and that could easily happen to any of us. So I'm working and inordinately hard to not let that be the case. Oh, that's good. You're making like that effort there. Cause I, I'm sure you've, you've got so much more going on than I have. So I'm sure it is like, I sometimes feel like I haven't got anything under control. I'm just like, as much as I am an organized person and I have Mm -hmm. to do lists and I love checking things off, it's, you've got a lot more to navigate around. So, so yeah, it sounds like you're figuring it out. Truly. And it's never a comparison. I feel like we all have our own stuff and it's all in the here and now for us. Right. I mean, everyone's everyone's dynamic is different and it's equally important. I mean, even for my husband and I, you know, he has a full-time job as well and he's not working in the creative industry, but where he's documenting stuff and shooting and filming and editing, but he, we we're a good, good team. We've been married a long time where like, even right now he's down, he's off today. It's his birthday. We're spending the rest of the day together, but he's with my oh, daughter. Thank you for giving me this time. It thank worked you. out well. I had some meetings. I'm happy to be here. Oh, thank but you. He, He's with her, you know, when he can be, he, he does that and he won't be working. And then we take turns. He gets a work call. And then I step in, you know, on a day when we're all together, we just try to do that. So there's always one of us that's giving her undivided attention in a reasonable way. And like I said, I never want to look back and say, 
I don't think anyone looks back on their life and goes like, I wish I'd been on my phone more. or I wish I had shot more content. I mean, I am grateful for what the creative things I get to do. And I look back at my own content, it's memories, it's archiving your yeah. life. I love that. But I just don't want to miss out on that human connection with our child ever or my family, you know? Yeah, ever. family so. as well included. Yeah. Um, what about giving you as much as I'm sure when you're with your daughter, it's the most self-care time and love, you know, everything is just so rewarding. But what about giving yourself something else like fitness or any kind of self-care time? What what kind of does that look like for you? Well, it didn't look like anything when she was little, I'll be honest. <laughs> just getting through it. But I will say over the years, um, I really wanted to, mo- I, I grew up, my dad was a PE teacher. So I grew up very active and he taught me every sport. I wasn't great at a lot of them. I'm sure you were way better, more sporty than I was as a kid, but I tried a lot. I grew up surfing and playing volleyball. Those were things I could do. And then a bunch of other things that I learned how to do, but wasn't as good at, but I, as she's gotten older, I really want to make sure I'm modeling for her a healthy lifestyle, right? So we we eat really healthy. We're big on supplements. She does. We don't eat any refined sugar in this house. She's never had it actually. So starting wow. with that, because there's a lot of products here, a lot of foods with refined sugars. Like hundred percent. Yeah, we do a lot of honey here. We make our own things as we cook meals like ninety percent of the time at home now. But I wouldn't say that was always the case when she was a baby. I don't think we had gotten into that headspace as stringently as we have in the last couple of years. But now once you start doing that, it's hard to then get away from it. You actually miss like the food that you're making for yourself. I go have takeout when I need to. And I'm like, "Eh." I kind of just miss the food I'm making at home. So things have changed. We've done it consistently enough. And when it comes to working out, I, I, I'm a believe I don't have a gym pass or a trainer, but I do feel like you need to move every day. So whether I'm standing and typing or I I do basic things like squats, I have weights, a kettlebell, kettlebell, I do you know a quick two minute two mile run around my neighborhood. Those are things that I know I can do, and I don't need a lot of equipment, if any, to pull that off. And bottom line, I want to be strong and healthy for my, for myself and for my child. So every day I lift her. I mean, I've told her I'm going to pick her up until she's eight, like forever. Like I'll pick her up every day, (laughs) make sure I can hold her still keep my upper body strength there. But these are things I've pretty much committed to in the last couple of years. And I feel healthier, stronger than I did five or six years ago. I was healthy, but I just feel way more fit now based on some of those choices I've been making. Um, and I do think it's like a mind body connection, right? You would probably oh, have to say Yes. It's the better you feel mentally. Oh, I've always said it. Um, well, when I say always said it, I always have said it since I've been in the industry working as a right. professional, it's, it changes everything. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm all about a rest, rest day or, you know, a little downtime, but right. I'm not, I'm definitely not someone that will be running on a treadmill or, you know, with a big gym membership, I love the style of workouts that I do. They can be done anytime, anywhere. And you, you can just grab those like shorter time, you know, time frames and feel mm-hmm. like you've achieved so much. And for someone like you as well as a busy mom, that is so important. Just right. grabbing those pockets of time, isn't it? And it's Absolutely. a good, it's a good uh, role model for your little girl as well. Exactly. I mean, she sees me take a jog and she's like, I want to go with you. Oh. And you know, that's the kind of, we take walks every day if I'm not taking a jog. Like it's important that she sees the importance of movement and she's an active little kid. She's grown up running around the backyard, playing in the dirt. Like that's intrinsically her personality. And I love that she doesn't get video games.
games or iPad or really any t- very little TV. So her mo- her outlet is moving and I want that to, I want to maintain that for her so she continues to stay healthy and strong and fit. I mean, we live in a crazy world. I think having personal strength on a physical level is really important. So important. Yeah. So that's something that I think has been a newer initiative for me in the last couple of years. And I'm so glad, you know, my husband works out, he goes to Orange Theory in the morning a couple of times a week. That's, that's how he does it because he does it every day. But for me, I just grab it where I can. And I'm lifting the, doing my, I can finally, Sarah, do like good pushups for my whole. Oh, well done my whole life. I couldn't really. And then I had a baby. I was carrying her all the time. One day I got down on the ground and I just was like, let me see what I can do. And I could do them because I was building all this upper body strength. I didn't even know I had. So I'm carrying around Jeff. So now I can, I'm like, I feel stronger now than I did. Like I said, five or six years ago. And I'm so grateful. That's some serious functional fitness. I think, I think moms forget (laughs) that, you know, moms forget that like working out, like definitely is what looking after your baby is, you know, the, the way you move, you can have from what I've seen, like the baby in one arm and then you're getting yourself up off the floor and you're oh doing my. these things. It's such functional fitness and yes. moms out there never underestimate, you know, what you can do when you're holding your baby. Amen. <laughs> so, I know I out. always hold her. I'm right-handed. So I always hold her with my left hand and, and that always freed me up to do everything else with my right hand. Yes. So my left arm, which was probably always weaker, is like very equally strong now because I was <laughs> so used to holding her on this other side of my body oh, just so I can get stuff done. I mean, it's wild yeah. how body adapts. Yeah. And the things you can do when you have mm-hmm. to do them. When you so have great. to do them. Yep. Do you, know what, do you know what I would like to talk about? Actually, something completely different and that I yeah. saw on your Instagram. You were talking about verbal fillers. Yes. <laughs> so, so for anyone that doesn't know what verbal fillers is, it's like, you know, if you're watching somebody, whether it's on social media, TV, if you see or hear someone being like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, it's all those like moments, isn't it? Where someone's really just trying to like get themselves through whatever their like script is. And right. do you know what it made me think when you, when you put that reel out, I was like, you know what? I feel like I say a lot of those verbal fillers a lot and it's really been making me consciously think more about it. So, and you say that when you kind of program and work away from using verbal verbal fillers, it's about Mm -hmm. raising your personal power index. Yes. Can you like elaborate a little bit for me there? I would love to. So I believe anyone can eradicate verbal fillers from their lexicon. It just takes a lot of work and focus. It's not like some people are destined to use them forever and others have some inherent talent where they don't. It's all work. I remember the first time I really thought about verbal fillers was in college. I had a broadcast journalism class and we had to deliver a news report that we wrote ourselves. We had a a professor who had been a broadcast journalist, a very tough, knowledgeable lady, not super warm, but she (laughs) knew a lot about the industry and she watched our recording with us and then gave us feedback. And I performed a lot. I had done a lot of plays and singing competitions and debates. So I was used to being in a performance environment, but when I watched back my tape with her, she tore it apart and she wasn't very nice about it, but everything she said was true. She said, you touch your hair too much. I mean, when you're watching a recording, you can't argue the things that are plain as day in a recording, right? So she said that I touched my hair and I didn't realize that it was subconscious. She said that I was using words like, um, and unlike in as a verbal filler. And I, I didn't think I was, but I couldn't argue it. So I came home that day and 
I was telling my mom about it and I was very upset. I was like, she was so mean. She was so mean to me. And she, and she wasn't nice about her delivery, but even still, you got to get tough sometimes. Tough love so sometimes. Look at it. She, as tough love. So I told my mom and it was just so horrible. It was not kind. And my mom looked at me and she said, like, I'm sorry, baby. You know, she's comforting. She's always my best support. But then she looked at me and said, but was it true? Moms <laughs> <laughs> are always I honest. <laughs> I couldn't argue it. I, I realized in that moment, there were things even as a communication major that were holding me back in my ability to communicate directly and cogently. And I learned a lot from that woman. I wish I could see her again someday. I've never crossed paths again, but to thank her for the tough love because it changed the trajectory of my standards for myself. And I learned that I could speak without them with a lot of mindfulness and self-awareness. And that's something I teach my students today. It's not something we talk about a lot because we don't get a lot of instruction in that department. Even lecturers, professors, teachers use a ton of verbal fillers in class. I had many who did. So they're almost modeling it without knowing it. And unless you're in broadcast journalism, you don't even really have that standard to uphold, right? So my goal has always been, if you're helping someone to really access their power as a communicator, the easiest, quickest way to get on that path is to eradicate the verbal fillers by a myriad of strategies, but starting with understanding what your fillers are, right? At watching yourself, record yourself, watch yourself back, have somebody tell you however it works for you. So you can get to a place where you're speaking without them. And then if one slips into your, your sentence, so be it, you move past it. You don't beat yourself up, but you really can get to the place where you can go the entire day without using them. I do all the helpful. Do you know what though? I do think I use the word like a Mm -hmm. lot of times and I have noticed that most recently. So that's definitely something I'm going to you know, kind of be conscious about, but I did something similar. I did a TV hosting course cause I, you know, do some hosting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember we had to, obviously everything was recorded and then we looked right. back and the teacher would be like critiquing you. I don't think mine was as, um, you know, nastily done as yours by the sounds of <laughs> it. But, delivered, right? Yeah. But yeah, when you've kind of done like what you've done with your background, the modeling mm-hmm. theater and all of that, like myself, you think, Oh, I've got this down. This is no problem. Oh soon as you see yourself on camera and I can have this happen to me many a times when I'm shooting content for like reels and stuff and you're like oh my gosh what how am I going to get through this I'm being critiqued and I just don't know how I can do it but the verbal fillers I think are a really great way to help you maybe with a job interview maybe with shooting your social media content and so much more so I definitely want to make sure that particular reel that you were talking about the verbal fillers on you're actually doing a beautiful makeup (laughs) tutorial at the same time so you were doing two completely different worlds which I love that that's how your social media is kind of intertwining now you've got like both both industries that you work in are like now coming together I've really well, it's tricky. That. I so appreciate that you notice. It's tricky because my beauty, some of my, a lot of my audience follows me for the makeup that I showcase or the way that I would apply something, but yeah. they also are interested in what I do on the other side. And for me, I am so passionate about what I get to teach in communication that, well, I love talking beauty and I never will tire of it. Sometimes I wish for more substance. I want to delve deeper into the day-to-day stuff that people are dealing with. And so I've really thought long and hard about how can I combine the two in a way that makes all of my audience members feel welcome and spoken to and acknowledged in terms of why they're following me, but still get some valuable points across that are resource driven. And 
with verbal fillers, like I've said, I think it is the quickest way for you to set yourself apart from others. And that's not to say that's the goal, but really when you think about it, how many people are truly speaking without verbal fillers? Probably 0.1% of the population. <laughs> yeah. I don't have solid statistics. Yeah, on I, know. I think I'm pretty much there. It's very rare. And so it's one of those free accessible things you can do that instantly sets yourself apart from a lot of people that might not be as motivated to go on that path. And yeah. suddenly you've raised your credibility, your power, your clarity, and it's just a win across the board. So that yeah. reel has done shockingly particularly very well. Sometimes that just happens on Instagram. They actually show your work to everyone. Which yeah. is <laughs> Yes. It's, it's a tough world. Right. Thank you. And yeah. I'm so happy for the feedback I've gotten on it because I think it's something people haven't really thought about, but now they are. And that was my goal. Well, what I really like about it, obviously I could watch you doing the makeup tutorials <laughs> and sharing all the gorgeous products that you do, but I really liked that it then had this other spin on it. And I think with Instagram, for example, everyone is always looking, wanting to look for something different because mm-hmm. as much as there's only one you, there's only one me, there right. is still a lot of us in the same area of expertise. And I'm sure you've seen that absolutely grow since <laughs> beauty. 2012 beauty. in beauty, like myself with fitness, there's a mm-hmm. lot of us. Um, so I really like how you've done that creative side and took that little extra spin because that's what makes it more engaging as well. And then before you know it, I'm like so enthralled in like the beauty products as well, but listening to your like communication <laughs> skills, education, it's just, it's really great how you've done that. So I definitely want to make sure I'm obviously going to share your social media platforms, but I really want to share that one particular reel as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it on the description for anyone that's listening, make sure you can see it. But, um, Oh, I just did a I just did a verbal filler there. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, Take it off. Keep moving. <laughs> not, not myself, but that's okay. We will keep moving on. Absolutely. Um, going going on to a little bit more beauty because, I, like I said, I could talk mm-hmm. about it all day. Are there any brands that you've got your eye on that you would love to work with? Let me think about that for a moment. Oh, yes. Let's have a moment of silence. I have some partnerships in discussion right now that are brands that I would, that would fit this category that I'm not going to name strictly because we're still kind of in the negotiation phase. But I think that when I find a, I can talk about, let let me, if you wouldn't mind, if I can share some brands that I'm just loving lately that I were newer for me, even if they might not be new. Let's go for it. Go down that avenue. grown on me is RMS, which is a clean beauty brand. And they were one of the earliest clean brands. They launched these cream colors and pots at the beginning. And they have really expanded. Rosemary Swift is the creator. She was a makeup artist for years, but she was such a pioneer in clean beauty. And I feel like all of her products that she's launched in the last few years have just been exceptional. So I, and I actually haven't worked with them in a partnership capacity. So that would be great, but I'm a consumer. I love the products. I do receive some in PR, but I also buy them. I think that it's just a really beautiful brand for high performance, but also impeccable ingredients. So that's a brand that's been on heavy rotation lately. I've mentioned Suku, which is a Japanese brand that I absolutely love. Their foundations are peerless in nature. They're so good. And I've loved Clay to Poe, worked with them for a long time as well. I think for luxury, there's nothing better. It's just true luxury that's, that is supported by 
efficacy and performance, right? So sometimes luxury products can be just gorgeous packaging and legacy in terms of its its place in the beauty world, but the product itself might just be okay. Clay de Poe, I feel like the products just are always so good on top of that, which makes it, when you're reaching for those products, that's what tells me it's a really special brand. So those are three that I think I've been reaching for a lot. And then I also love to find little independent brands that might be smaller. There's a creator on Instagram named Jennifer Bell Beauty. I found her randomly and she has her own little line of lip color, lip pencils and a bronzer. And they're all amazing. Like I grab for them all the time and I just have, I bought them. I I saw her, her tutorials and I love supporting smaller brands that you might not, might not get the same press. I mean, she has a great following, but as a brand, it's hard to start a new brand in this industry. So this, like is, this is one of my questions I was going to ask you. Do you see yourself having your own line? Could you see like a beauty professor line? Well, oh, I, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, you should ask. I have done some beautiful collaborations with brands I love, Lamette de Beauté, Galactic, Au Naturel, which is a such a such a clean brand that you could literally eat the products you wouldn't want to, but you could. <laughs> like it's so clean beautiful brand. They have labs, a lab in Wisconsin. I've done met multiple collaborations with them where it's been very hands-on or formulating together. And so for makeup, I will forever be passionate about that. Starting my own makeup line is a really lofty endeavor. I understand firsthand what goes into that. And so God willing down the line, that would be incredible, but I am Sarah working on something in a slightly different vertical in the beauty space right now. Well, I'm one of work in silence until it's ready to go kind of people. But I will say I've been working on formula, brand new formulations in the space since last spring and hopefully we come to market in Q3. Oh, wow. So this yes. year it's been moving pretty quickly, but my whole goal in creating anything was twofold. One, I need to love it personally. Like would I wear it? Will I want to wear it? If if I wear it, I, my audience knows me so well. I know them. I know they're going to love it too. And they've always been so supportive of what I've created so far. All the collaborations I've done still in my purse. Like I use them all the time, but then two, does it fill some kind of white space in the industry? Avoid, right? And for me, what I'm working on right now, I can say a little bit, it's in the hair care space, but what I'm working on right now is are well actually are two products that I wish existed, but up to this point have not existed in a way that I've wanted. And mm-hmm. I've tried everything as a beauty writer. So we are making those formulas as we speak. And I am so excited to bring them to market. My and head is spinning right now. I'm thinking of I, anything that I I know. They're for. they're kind of unexpected products. It's not, I can say this, it's not shampoo and conditioner. I <laughs> one of the reasons for that is. There's a lot of great shampoos and conditioners out there. There's a lot of hair care brands I love and use. A lot of competitors as well. So you really want to hit space with something that's products are totally, I would say, unexpected, but you can use them every day. And that's that's what I (laughs) that's all I can say right now. That's fine. That's a lot. I'm excited (laughs) for what's to come. Very prayerful about it because starting your own business and in this way, and I'm completely self-funded, is it's wild. I understand the industry pretty well, but there's always stuff you don't know. And I'm learning a lot along the way. So I'm right there with you on that. It's good to, it's good to always be learning though, isn't it? And I think that's how you then navigate yourself through a really, to a really good business because you've Mm -hmm. learned so much and you've like gone through those challenges rather than it all just being handed to you on a plate. And it's more rewarding as well. I feel like 
I feel a lot more rewarded on a daily basis because I'm learning so much on a daily basis. So it's great. I'm very excited for you on this. I'll be looking out for the new products for sure. But you have got the most gorgeous hair, like your hair on all your reels as well. Everything is always, I'm always like, what are you using? Hot rollers. (laughs) Mostly not today, but normally hot rollers and then a lot of good hair care, truly. I mean, and I would say that's also offset by or counterbalanced by a lot of supplements. I mean, yeah. I do believe in the inside out approach and I'm guessing we're on the same page about that. The importance of internal health and what that does to the external, there is such a connection there. So it's a lot of maintenance, but it's maintenance that I think is worth it to you're, you're going to maintain in one way or another. It's just the path you choose. And so for me, it's a lot of things like, you know, collagen, biotin, silica. I take yeah. a neutrophil. I mean, I, these are things I pay for. I buy every month, but I think that the benefits are in, is, are just without shows worth it. Yeah, it shows. And once you get on that routine, it's like brushing your teeth. You do these things so religiously every single day. Like I'm the same. I have the same products. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to like recommending things on Instagram, everything I recommend, I use. They're in in my bathroom. They're in my... (laughs) workout fitness drawer they're like right. everything you know it's it's like consistency sometimes I get like should I should I post this I've already posted about this skincare I love right. but then I'm like I'm still using it four or five years later so what like I sometimes feel like that's more powerful better. in it's a more powerful endorsement that yeah. you continue to use it that you continue that it continues to be a part of your daily life I feel the same way I've yeah. talked about this I talk about this ad nauseum except it's the real deal I feel passionately and that is because there's so many influencers out there and I'll just use that word to be quick about it, who are every week saying like, I'm obsessed about this thing. Whenever I hear someone say the word obsessed, I'm like, okay, let's just, just, it's like a verb. It's like a verbal filler. (laughs) Well, it is. And it's such a superlative that when they're using it, they're using it every week about something new. That's impossible to be that obsessed. It starts to feel disingenuous, but I think that when you're talking about the same thing over and over again, that becomes most compelling to an audience. Like, wow, you really do like this. You're using it a lot. It's a part of your daily routine. Suddenly, I think that that actually adds to the value of the endorsement. Absolutely. So true. I agree with you 100%. And just like, so people think, like, will think that people like us who do promote, you know, whether it's beauty products or <laughs> me, fitness things, it's, like I sometimes buy the stuff and I think everyone always thinks that we get everything thrown mm-hmm. at us for free. Don't get me wrong. Right. It is nice. And I'm sure you can agree. We do get, can you try this product? Yeah. And we'll do that. But right. I genuinely buy a lot of things as well myself yeah. because I'm so passionate about them. So mm-hmm. same with you, isn't it? Like with your yeah. RMS, um, you mm-hmm. buy their makeup products. Right. For example, I work with Agent Natura. I firmly believe in their collagen. It's one of my favorites. I've used it since its launch. I buy it every month. I've worked with them. They send me things, but I'm not asking them, hey, please send me collagen every month. I I don't do that. I believe in it. I buy a bag for my mom. She uses it too. It's transformed our hair and our health. These are things where I I don't, I I also, because I love the brand, I might work for them on some projects, but I also am happy to support a brand as a consumer that I firmly stand behind. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's a very interesting balance. I feel so grateful for the amount of stuff that I receive that I feel the onus to share with my audience. I can be swatching colors all day that I get and I want to do do right by that stuff. But I also have those go-to things. You know, I always, I distill it down to like, what would I pack when I go travel someplace? That's the stuff that is inherently a part of my day-to-day routine. What can yeah. I not go without? 
And that's the stuff that I'm probably most of the time, even if it came as a press sample at the beginning, I'm buying now because I just love it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Oh, I love that. I think we think alike, <laughs> which is so great. Yes. Well, I am going to let you have your time, go spend it with Joey, go and do all the things that I think you most likely have on your to-do list because I'm sure you've got a million things going on. But I just want to say thank you for joining me today and sharing a very exciting new couple of products that are going to be coming out. We're going to keep our fingers crossed and going to make sure I share with everybody where they can follow you so they can all as well be part of your new launch because this is really exciting. I'm so thrilled for you. I'm honored to have been on your podcast. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm so happy we met when we did and we stayed in touch. I know, we never even mentioned that, did we? It was like the quickest, like, I think it was less than... Yeah, it was like less than one minute, I think, we got introduced <laughs> as I was leaving an event. And we I was followed like, oh, each other to. quickly yeah. and stayed yeah. in touch and, I, and so have supported each other. And I love that. I think yeah. sometimes it's the way a great dynamic begins, right? Where yeah. there's good mutual energy and you stay in touch, you stay consistent. 100%. So I'm so thrilled as I was parting ways from the event, we got to be introduced. So thank you <laughs> like so what? much, Rachel. And I'm again, I'm so excited for everything you've got going on and you are balancing, as always, many, many things. Thank you. I thank, thank you so much. And thank I look forward to checking out your app. I'm excited to look at that as well. Yes, check it out. I'm going to share it with you and I'm going to share it with anyone else as well. But thank you so much, listeners, for listening to today's guest episode on Balancing More Than Just Weights. Chat soon, guys. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got a lot of advice there, maybe some tips and motivation and uh, anything else that you took away from it. But make sure you tune in again because there's lots more where it came from. And remember, it's all about balancing more than just weights. Chat soon. Bye.